Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Welcome into another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. Of course, please make sure to subscribe if you have not already. Before we get into today's episode, let me ask you this. What if I told you that going into this season, week one against the Chicago Bears, the Packers would line up Yash Nyman at left tackle, John Runyon Jr. at left guard, Josh Myers at center, then you've got Jake Hansen at right guard and Royce Newman at right tackle. So Nyman, JRJ, Myers, and then Jake Hansen and Royce Newman. That's how they line up left to right for week one. Probably wouldn't feel too great, right? Well, I'm re-watching you know, the games from last season and kind of going through you know, just week by week. I'm going to start by just kind of going through some of the condensed games just to get a feel. Then I want to go back and watch some of the All-22 over again. But that was the week one starting offensive line a season ago. And then John Runyon Jr., of all people, the best of that group, ultimately gets hurt and Zach Tom comes in in his place, playing his first snaps of his career. But Nyman, Runyon, Myers, Hanson, Newman, left to right, just like, how does that happen, first of all? You know, of course, Jenkins and Bakhtiari still recovering from injury. They didn't trust Zach Tom for some reason at that point. But what a brutal way to start the season with that five as your offensive line going from left to right. Then I'm watching more of the game and you're seeing a lot of Sammy Watkins. You even some, see some Juwan Winfrey at wide receiver. And then just the ultimate kicker from week one last season, Packers-Vikings, Amari Rogers returns a punt. That's fine. We knew that that happened in and of itself. But having to watch Keyshawn Nixon block in front of Amari Rogers was just insult to injury. Like it's having to see, you know, basically be, you know, see Nixon on the right side, having to, you know, be one of the the main, you know, blockers on the right hand side 
and see Amari Rogers fair catch a ball. And then Keyshawn Nixon comes into the screen and is the key blocker for him. And it's just like, man, oh man, like, could we, could we just see Keyshawn Nixon back there instead, instead of having to go through the whole Amari Rogers experience? But I'm sure there are going to be more painful things as I kind of go through this rewatch, but I figured I would let you join me for those few tidbits. But that offensive line week one, a lot to be desired. And then Keyshawn Nixon blocking for Amari Rogers, seeing a lot of Sammy Watkins, even some Juwan Winfrey, just some interesting personnel decisions and not, uh, let's just say Green Bay's um, best group of players out on the field in their right positions to start the season. Razul Douglas was in the slot, of course. Just a lot of things that, like I said, left a lot to be desired. So anyway, let's get into our main topic. Now, yesterday I went over basically my idea of what if I told you the Packers won the Super Bowl? What would that look like? What would have to go right in order for Green Bay to ultimately reach that conclusion and see them hoisting a Lombardi trophy at the end of the season? So today I'm going in the exact opposite direction. What if I, same thing, got in my DeLorean, went into the future and saw, oh goodness, the Green Bay Packers are actually picking first overall and they were the worst team in football how, how in the heck did that happen? So today I'm going to be going through that scenario and how they could ultimately be picking number one in 2024. And I think the easiest way to go about this is that we can all agree it's because the Packers won the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers played 65% of the snaps, and the Jets went 0-17 on the season. So if that happens, beautiful scenario. Packers win the Super Bowl. Jets get the first pick, but they have to send it to Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers played 65% of the snaps. So let's just speak that into fruition right now. But assuming that that's not the case and the Jets don't go 0-17 or at least finish worst with Aaron Rodgers playing 65% of the snaps, if the Packers were to pick first overall, it's because of their own demise in some way, shape, or form. So let me just say once again, I do not believe that this is going to be the case. Just as I didn't believe yesterday that the Packers are ultimately going to win the Super Bowl, I don't think the Packers are going to end up with the first overall selection in 2024. These are hypotheticals and extreme situations. And you might say, All right, then what's the point of this exercise? And what I really want to show is the volatility of this team. It is a young team. It is a talented team, but there are a ton of unknowns. And what we went over yesterday, when I talked about like what would need to go right for the Packers to win a Super Bowl this upcoming season... I don't think any of those individual things that would need to go right are out of the realm of possibility. I think any of those things could happen. All of them happening together to make that situation come to fruition, probably not super likely, which is why they're not going to be anywhere near favored to win a Super Bowl. Today, the exact same thing that we're going to go through, except on the opposite side, I would argue is in play as well. Any of these things individually that we're going to go over today, not out of the realm of possibility. But do I think all of them are going to happen so that this is a bottom team in the NFL? No, I don't think so. But I just want to show at all of these different positions and on this team as a whole, there is a lot of hope and a lot of excitement and a lot of talent that I think can ultimately really be a good football team this year. Some things go in the right direction. On the flip side, I think there are a lot of unknowns. I think there's some things that are going to have to be you know, addressed throughout the season. This is going to be a team that has to get better throughout the course of the year. And if a few things go in the wrong direction, we could end up talking about a much more disappointing team than I think a lot of us are expecting or hoping for as we go into this next season. So this is an exercise to look at the extremes, to show what is you know, what would have to go insanely right to 
to, for this all to go, you know, in a Super Bowl direction? What would have to go insanely wrong for this to go in a first overall pick selection? And then tomorrow, as we get into our more realistic episode, we'll go more over like what's more likely to happen and sort of my ultimate prediction for this upcoming season as well. So we'll get there, but I wanted to go through these two extremes first because I think it's interesting to go through. So let's just say we're going to go through this as the negative side of things and just how bad would they ultimately need to be. That's what we're going to focus on today. The Arizona Cardinals and the Houston Texans are set to win five and a half games per Vegas. At least that's what the win totals are right now. If you want to bet on such things over at your favorite online sports book or in Vegas or wherever you like to place your bets. But Arizona Cardinals, Houston Texans are expected to win under 5.5 wins according to Vegas right now. I think there's a very good chance that if Green Bay wanted to actually get that number one overall pick, they would probably need to be closer to three wins on the season. So we're going to have to figure out a way that they somehow got to three and 14 on the year if this is going to actually come to fruition. They're actually going to be the worst team in football. Right now, Vegas has Green Bay at over under 7.5 wins with the under the one that you'd actually have to put, you know, lay a little bit more money down for. So they're, they're thinking that there's a chance that Green Bay is going to win under 7.5. They would probably need to be more in that three-win range if they're actually going to get the number one overall pick in the draft. Now, there are two very you know easy answers to this scenario as to how they could ultimately be in that conversation for the number one pick. Number one is Jordan Love is just terrible. If he is downright awful, they do not have a plan B. Sean Clifford is not a legitimate plan B. All right. It's just, he's not, can he be, you know, to the point of getting to a serviceable backup quarterback this year? Maybe, maybe that's within the realm of possibility, but he is not a true legitimate plan B right now where if Jordan Love is just not what Green Bay expected at all. And he has a terrible season. It's not like you're handing things over to Sean Clifford midway through the year and, you know, just like, all right, can you get us a handful of wins to get us back in this thing? That is not a true thing. Same thing can be said about Danny Etling. So if Jordan Love fails, if he is terrible, Green Bay easily could be in that conversation for worst overall pick. I don't think even then, like it's a no brainer. I think they're in the conversation. I still think there's going to be teams that are worse. I think that Cardinals team has the potential to be very, very bad. But if love is terrible, they're in that conversation. The other is just extreme injuries. And Jordan Love, probably a part of that. If Jordan Love would have some sort of serious injury early in the season or in training camp, preseason, et cetera, and he's out for the year, Oh, and it's Sean Clifford and Danny Etling's team. Now, if it happens early enough, there's a chance that maybe they just go out and get some sort of stopgap quarterback for this year so that they have a chance to win some football games. But if it's not, if they can't find someone, if they can't find a salary that fits and it just has to be Sean Clifford and Danny Etling, yeah, then things are probably going to get very ugly very fast. And the other thing is maybe it's not even Jordan Love, but there's always that one team every single year that just gets completely snake bit. And it's just like one really good player after another just continues to go down. And all of a sudden you look at their team like six weeks into the season. And it's just like, I don't even recognize this team anymore because of all the injuries. If Green Bay is the snake bit franchise this year, they got a one in 32 chance of being that team. Sometimes you just have to roll with it and it is what it is and you can't do anything about it. So that could be the scenario as well, where this is a team that right now, again, Vegas over under 7.5 wins. If they have a ton of injuries to key players, if Rashawn Gary doesn't come back or Bakhtiari has a setback, Jenkins has some sort of setback, like whatever it may be, or again, Jordan Love here, 
that could really make it so that this team has a tough time getting to that even seven win mark and could potentially be closer to that three, four, five win mark and at least be in the conversation for the number one overall pick. But let's put those aside. Let's just say Jordan Love isn't terrible and they aren't the snake bit team and Jordan Love doesn't go down with some catastrophic injury and he's able to play the entire season. Is there a avenue for this team still to be that bad? Once again, I'll say, I don't think it's likely, but let's say we did find out that that ultimately is the case. What would that look like? So let's say Jordan Love is fine slash okay, average, whatever. I think what would have to happen here is he shows some of those big upside plays, the big arm, the talent, the uh, you know ability to get outside of the pocket. And we see some of that growth from Jordan Love. But the one thing that really keeps him down is the interceptions, the turnovers, etc. And if Jordan Love is fine, okay, average, whatever, but he throws a lot of picks in the process, that could go a long way in making this closer to the bottom end of the record for Green Bay and really struggle to pick up some of those wins. This is going to be a team that is going to probably teeter on whether any given game can be a win or a loss and a turnover here or there can completely change the direction of a season based on where this team is at from a volatility standpoint. So Jordan Love struggles with turnovers. That would probably be step number one to this. Even if he has a okay season overall, the turnovers could be the huge point there. Hey everybody, here on the Packaday podcast, we're all about look good, play good. And that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Number two, the weapons just don't gel like I think we're hoping that they will. This is still all first and second year players at wide receiver, all rookies as your top two tight ends in Tucker Craft and in Luke Musgrave. And there's a chance with a first time starting quarterback that it just takes some time for those you know, connections to get on the same page and working at a much higher end than what they could be, you know, at least to start the season, right? And if that ends up being the case and those connections just don't automatically come and connect early in the season, then all of a sudden, you know, you could be having to lean on the running game and the defense a little bit more. And those are things that could ultimately set this team back as well. And it's, there's, it's sort of like a, a blind leap of faith and just trusting that Dobbs and Watson and Toure are going to take a jump and that the rest of these rookies at wide receiver are going to be good enough to contribute in year one and that the tight ends are going to be able to play at a high level, even though we know that that's a tough position for these tight ends, for rookies to come in and play at a high level. So that could end up backfiring a little bit and those connections just don't click early in the season and that becomes an issue. Next up is Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon sort of kind of continue to counterbalance one another. And again, every time Jones gets going, then Dylan comes in. Every time Dylan gets going, then Jones comes you know, comes in. And they just sort of counterfeit each other at that position. I think both of them are going to be solid no matter what. They're just too good to you know, be terrible or bad or anything like that. But there's a world in which they just are ultimately counterproductive to one another. Maybe Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave really struggle to block. And that limits the amount of snaps that can be on the field, or it becomes a tell. All right, Luke Musgrave's in the game. It's probably going to be a pass. Or if, if it's not, we don't worry anyway, because we can power right through him. All right, it's you know a different tight end. It's going to be a run. Maybe it's a Tyler Davis. Maybe it's a Josiah DeGuara. All right, maybe that lends itself to a run a little bit more. Or the, again, they just struggle to block overall, which is going to limit Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Maybe they struggle in pass protection as well, which could affect Jordan Love. But there's a good chance those guys struggle with you know pass protection and run blocking from day one, just because rookie tight ends usually struggle with run blocking and pass protection from day one. Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr., Yash Nyman play closer to what we saw from a season ago. Yash was up and down a season ago. John Runyon Jr. was not as good as he was in 2021. And Josh Myers took a step back last year. If that happens again, you could see a offensive line that can't protect Jordan Love, can't run block for those talented running backs, and that could alter this season as well. David Bakhtiari just doesn't get back to his all-pro form or maybe just has to miss a few games because that knee flares up again. If that's the case, that's going to hurt this offensive line quite a bit as well. You maybe have Kenny Clark, who as he continues on, we saw the first human Kenny Clark last year. He was still good, still really good, in fact, but not the dominant Kenny Clark that we had seen in seasons past. If he's just good, that's a lot different than great Kenny Clark. And as I've said a million times over, this defense usually goes how Kenny Clark goes. If Kenny Clark is great, this defense a lot of times plays closer to great. If Kenny Clark is average, this team plays average or sometimes even below average if Kenny can't hold up in the middle at the point of attack and just kind of, he's kind of the fulcrum. There's everything revolves around it. There's so much gravity with what Kenny Clark does. If he can dominate that middle of the field, it just makes everything have to go to the outside and your edge rushers jobs are easier. Like it just, it makes everyone's jobs easier if Kenny Clark's playing well inside. If he's just okay, that's going to be a problem. Maybe Quay, you know, Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell have the same seasons that they did a season ago. We don't see a jump from Quay Walker, and Devondre Campbell just doesn't get back to playing like he did when he was a first-team All-Pro. Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes, maybe they struggle getting back from injury. Maybe even they're back earlier than we expect, but it just takes them some time to ramp up like we saw with Elton Jenkins a season ago. 
Maybe Darnell Savage, who they need to be basically safety number one right now, has his third consecutive bad season. He has been bad the last two years. There's just no arguing against it. He has not played the way that they need him to. If that continues, that's going to be a problem for the secondary and specifically at that safety position. Maybe the other safeties just don't step up. You put a lot of faith in a lot of vet minimum type players who haven't had great careers. Rudy Ford was nice last season. He really was. And I'm hoping that that's what we're going to see this season as well. But there's no guarantee there. There's no guarantee Tavarius Moore comes in and plays at a high level or Jonathan Owens or Innis Gaines or any of these players. Anthony Johnson Jr. as a seventh round pick. There's just a good chance that they just don't have good safeties this upcoming season. There's, you know, I, I talked about in this scenario where we're, we're not saying that they're snake bitten from injuries or like there's a catastrophic, you know, injury to some of their main players, but there's still going to be some injuries that are probably going to affect this team in some capacity. Maybe it affects some of the positions that they just don't have as much depth at, but some way, shape or form injuries going to play a part in this season as well. Maybe Anders Carlson and his, you know, college inconsistencies carry over to the NFL. I've talked about the volatility of this team and how they're going to need to get point production when they have the opportunity to get points. If Carlson's missing field goals and taking points off the board because he has that level of inconsistency that he had in college, that's going to affect this team. What if Joe Barry struggles matching up the personnel with his scheme again? He wants to play a certain way. He doesn't have the players to play that way. If we have to go through another eight weeks to figure out that this defense can't play the way that his defense always wants to be played... All right, well, that's going to probably be a rough first eight weeks of the season again on defense. What if Aaron Rodgers really was covering up a lot of the you know deficiencies within a Matt LaFleur offense or just within the Packers in general? That's within the realm of possibility. What if the red zone offensive, you know, red zone offense struggles continue? They were really bad in the red zone a season ago. Bottom of the league bad. And if that continues into this year, that's going to take more points off the board. Couple that with Anders Carlson, maybe missing some field goals or being inconsistent. You're leaving a lot of points on the board. Now you're asking a ton out of your defense. The special teams, even though we saw a lot of progression a season ago, was still a bottom third of the league special teams. If that stays the same, that's going to limit this team. What if they continue to give up five yards per carry on the ground like they did a season ago? That's going to be an issue. What if they lose some early games, kind of like they did a season ago? Is this team going to struggle to respond without Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, without that belief of, hey, we still have a four-time MVP guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famer on our team, and he's probably going to lead us out of this at some point. If this team starts one in four, how do they respond to that? And do they start getting in a rut? That first five games has a lot of winnable games. If that's one in four or 0-5 or something really bad, I could see this team, you know, getting a lot more down on themselves than maybe even they did from a season ago. Are there some vets at that point that start asking for trades at the trade deadline to go play with other teams? That could start spiraling things as well. And is this just ultimately a young team that shows off its youth? That just doesn't have a ton of experience. That doesn't know how to, you know, to, to fare against a lot of adversity. There's a lot of question marks here and all the things that I just listed. Do I think all of those things are going to come true? No, but could some of them slash a lot of them? They could. I hope they don't. I don't think they will, but that's why this team is so incredibly volatile because if a lot of these things go right, this is a playoff caliber team. If a lot of these things go wrong, this is a bottom five team. And that's why this is going to be the beautiful mystery that I keep talking about. And I do think it's somewhere in the middle. Whatever that is, I don't know. You know, maybe it is the seven and a half wins that Vegas thinks they're going to be at. 
Maybe it is closer to eight and nine from where they were a season ago, but that's why this team is so interesting and is going to be a lot of fun to keep an eye on because we just don't know what this team is going to bring. All these things possible, all of them together, not super likely. I will say this. I do think this team ultimately has too much leadership, too much talent, too much tried, too much pride, excuse me, and they're just too strong of a franchise overall to have this sort of thing happen where they go three and 14, something like that, to get in that first pick conversation. I think this is just a franchise that has, that prides itself on being competitive. And I'm not saying they're not, it's impossible for this team to have some dark seasons or some, you know, dark years ahead of them. That's possible. They don't have the Hall of Fame quarterback right now, at least not that we know of at the moment. And these things can happen more often when you don't have a QB1 like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre around. So we'll see what happens. But I do think this is too strong of a team and just too much talent, too much leadership, and too you know proud of a franchise to let something like that happen. The last thing I'll say here in regards to that is you would probably have to try and tank at some point to be the worst team. One of these teams is going to try and tank for for Caleb Williams. I just It's going to happen. In fact, I kind of think the Cardinals are already to some extent. And I don't think Green Bay is going to be a franchise that has that sort of mindset and is going to buy into being like, all right, well, let's just go for Caleb Williams. Even if Love were to get hurt in training camp or preseason and it was Sean Clifford year, I guarantee you this is going to be a team like, like I said, maybe they go out and try and get a veteran QB or they're just going to do everything they can to make, you know, make Sean Clifford successful. I don't think they're going to get to that point where it's like, all right, pull everyone back and let's just lose the rest of the game. It's just not how this franchise operates. By the way, if they did end up having this happen, not a super bad consolation prize. Caleb Williams is a elite, elite prospect and is going to go number one overall. This is a big time, big time quarterback. And you can argue there's sort of two Super Bowls this year, the actual Super Bowl winner, and then the Caleb Williams sweepstakes winner. I know you never want to put too much pressure on a player. And especially at this point, there's a lot of college football left before he gets to say, like he gets drafted next year. Caleb Williams is a freaking stud, and I'd be shocked at this point if he doesn't go number one, and I'd be even more shocked if he doesn't end up being a pretty darn good starting quarterback in the NFL, and maybe, just maybe, one of the next icons of this league. We'll see what happens. It's a lot of pressure to put on him, but he is a freaking stud. All right, we're going to talk more tomorrow about the more likely scenario that it happens somewhere in the middle. They're not a Super Bowl contender. They're not a contender to get the first overall pick. And like I said, it's going to be somewhere in the middle and we'll figure out exactly where that probably lands. And I'll kind of give you my early prediction as to what I think this Packers record is going to be in 2023 slash 2024. Thanks so much for being here today. Always appreciate you guys. I'll be right back here tomorrow with that new episode. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.